Well, a very good morning to you. It's nine o'clock South African time because hopefully there is someone out there listening all over the world. And by the way, we do know there is someone listening out there. Cindy's listening. Cindy from Ireland. Yeah. I was going to attempt the, the Irish accent, then I thought, you know, it's rather save your dignity. So very good morning to all of you. This is Hashtag Hands Across SA with Sia and Brent. Good morning, Brent. Morning, Sia, and morning to all the listeners. How are you doing? Really well. Uh, we love Tuesdays and we love Hands Across SA. The, the studio is buzzing this morning, a whole bunch of stuff going on yes. in, in the presenter's lounge, and it's, it's quite festive, actually. There is a lot going on. So if there are any, like... Gunks and funks and little whizzes and pops going around the background. You can't blame us because there are like three million people out there who are preparing and making our studio very ultra rajaja. Rajaja. Yes. It looks like there's going to be a big razzle in, in about an hour. Uh, super excited to, to get the razzle in studio as well. Yes. So there's a lot going on and we can absolutely keep talking for the rest of the two hours. Hashtag hands across SA. And if you want to talk to us, as Cindy already did on WeChat, thank you very much. You can just send us a message on our official account with simply Cliff Central. Also, you can tweet us at cliffcentral.com or use the hashtag hands across SA or else. Or they can phone in 0861 We love to hear from you guys. We want to hear the good news stories and, and anything else that's happening in South Africa that... Uh, maybe we just need to focus on and talk about. And there's a lot that's interesting that's been going on. Hey, how was your week, by the way? Uh, it was good. I, I have learned that uh, there are good markets and there are really bad markets. You know that the whole trend in South Wait. Africa now is, is sort of, let's go to the markets and the fresh produce. and. Okay, th- so we aren't talking about the stock markets. <laughs> not on this show. You can catch that later on the Daily Maverick. I genuinely had that idea. I was like, wait, when did Brent become this financial guru? <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah. No, I, I decided that um, I wanted to be a hipster this weekend. So we, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push any, any names, but we, we sort of tried out a couple of different markets. Some of them are really cool. We've okay. got, and maybe we, we can push their names because Neighbor Goods Market is really amazing. I've Arts on Main is incredible. The Four Ways Farmers Market is, it's out of this world. Like for a, for a very cool Sunday vibe, it's, it's almost amazing. It's, it's perfect thing to do on a Sunday. Uh, fresh food. There's is it like literally Farmer Brown from, no. Benoni will bring no. his produce. No. No. It's it's really cool sort of hipster vibes where you could get um I don't know, freshly made paella. There's a there's a stand there called uh Baja Taco, I think it is. And they what sell is that? Is Baja Latino. Baja Latino. <laughs> um and they serve a whole bunch of Mexican food which is really freshly made, pulled pork stuff in a in a sort of fajita or whatever, taco. Really okay. cool stuff. There's a guy that's at the Four Ways Farmers Market that has um he, his stand is is literally a table and behind him are hundreds of coconuts that are all just behind him. And you walk up, you say, Can I have one coconut? He takes the coconut from the back, takes a big panga knife. Chops the top off. I feel like I'm in Survivor now. Like, okay. But it gets better. Adds a bit of Malibu, puts a straw in, and gives you the coconut to drink out of. So the goodness and the moral standing of a good old market has now turned into Survivor meets getting drunk. Survivor meets hipsters. <laughs> it's all about hipsters. And they've got live bands playing, and it's it's really, really cool. Um, That's the good side. We went to a market on Sunday, which, uh, yeah, pretty dismal. Why? 
It was out. There wasn't enough booze? Mm, no, it was, <laughs> the, the market was very small. It was new. So I think maybe beginning, beginning phases. They only had two stands. Okay. The one was food and the one was plants. So you could buy, <laughs> you wow, could buy, you could, you could buy chicken or, or cacti. I think that's how you say it. Cactuses, cacti. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it just, it, it sort of flopped badly. So Enough. we, we, we had a couple of drinks. Uh, we may have had really expensive chicken. Uh, which was pretty bad, and then we left and we went to uh, Cafe Mexico in Melbourne. Much better. Okay, that was quite a week and a half. It was it was a crazy weekend. Um, yeah, but market vibes are rad. Really cool. I've heard a lot about it, and I think maybe I don't know if it's my vibe. When because no. when you wake up so early every single day of the week, the last thing you want to do over the weekend is wake up again. Let's be honest. The four ways farmers market only gets going at like ten or eleven in the morning, so you have a bit of time. You have a bit of me time in the morning, and then afterwards can make your way through. Yeah, hey, I'll I'll try. Not promising anything. Not promising too much, but I'll try. Hmm. You always love throwing these challenges at me, but when I'm like, I kind of do. I want you to experience the world, experience South Africa. Goodness, Aladdin. Like, what's going on with you? Uh, it's I'm Brentifying you. Okay. Okay. Hashtag change one thing Tuesday. It's time to change Seer to experience. I mean, like the fist bumping challenge. How did you do? You 67 fists you bumped? I didn't do. So, okay. So a little backstory to it. It was for Mandela Day because Brent thinks I'm somehow antisocial, which I still disagree with. And you were fixated on getting me to high five or fist bump 67 people. Yeah, we, I mean, the conversation that we had was all about, uh, you being a bit of a germaphobe and, Mm. and, and also, Mm, maybe a little bit of physical interaction could go a long way. That's not my fault, though. No, not at all. Not yeah. at all. So what what we say, what I said is I, I put out the task that on Mandela Day, uh, Sia had to walk around and fist bump 67 people to really just go, hey, man, like fist bump, yo, yeah. happiness is. Well, my happiness is not that. But I did, I, I think I did like a good 10, <laughs> which is not my fault. It's a start. But you know, I, I, I think to a certain extent, those type of things can be superficial and I'd like to get to know the person. So I do go the extra mile to get to know some people, like the security guard at our gate. Usually, you know, we walk out for lunch and then I drive in and, you know, in the mornings and the afternoons. But now I've actually got to know him for the past couple of days. I actually get to genuinely talk to him. And the other day I actually helped him download WeChat. So, oh yeah. So he can listen to the show while yeah, he's outside. That's amazing. He was genuinely like, oh, I want to listen to you, what you guys do in this. I was like, okay, cool. Another, he has a WeChat. Another happy it. customer. So I'm glad about that. Good so job. If you aren't, if you haven't started your day off in, on the good notes, um, I discovered the social, what does he call himself? A psychologist, a uh, little expert. His name is Richard Wiseman. Haha, <laughs> get that? Richard <laughs> Wiseman. And he's a psychologist and he gives out advice. And he says, okay, so he, he sort of, gave us two parts of his little um, YouTube channel. It's called 59 Seconds, where he gives you pieces of advice for 59 seconds. So it's like short bits of advice. And so if you haven't started your day off well, here's Richard Wiseman on how you can wake up feeling great. Are you like on this board? I'm excited. Let's go. Okay. So this Richard Wiseman on how to wake up feeling great. Um, let's get that. There we go. Each night, your brain moves through several sleep cycles. At the start of each cycle, you enter light sleep, then move into deep sleep, then dream, 
and finally move back into light sleep. Do you think it's crazy? These cycles take about 90 minutes each and you'll feel most refreshed if you wake up at the end of a cycle because then you're closest to your normal waking state. To increase the chances of this, decide when you want to wake up, then count back in 90 minute blocks until you find a time close to when you want to fall asleep. Are you sort of so let's imagine it? you want to wake up at 8 a.m. Chunking back in 90 minute blocks would look like this. And so you should aim to fall asleep around either 11 o'clock or half past 12 at night. And so if you want to wake up feeling especially alert and refreshed, simply follow the 90 minute rule. The 90 minute rule, according to Richard Wiseman. On what planet do people wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> That's the, I know. That's the only thing I got from that. This is the, this year is Johannesburg. My alarm goes off at about half past five. Clearly, his target market is like housewives who just wake up to go to Tasha's. Maybe. So he says in ninety minutes, while well, we sleep in ninety minute cycles, right? This whole this whole like evolution of light sleep. Then you get into a deep sleep. Then you start dreaming. Then it goes back to light sleeping. So that all happens in ninety minutes. So like for me, I wake up at four. I have to backtrack in like a few segments of 90 minutes and ideally time when I should sleep. Yeah, his his whole calculation is if you want to wake up at 8, you've got to get to bed at 11 to be comfortable to wake up at 8. If you wake up at 4, you've got to get to bed at like, I would say 7. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> yeah, 7 o'clock in the evening. I have no words. That's prime time television viewing. Okay, what time do you wake up? Uh, My alarm goes off at uh, 5.30. Every okay, morning. So let's backtrack 90 minutes there. But I, I mean, I get to bed at like 10 or 11 anyway. Do you feel, is that like enough for you? I'm good. I got no problem. Cause here's my thing. I, I feel like my body hates me cause I work on either, either side of the spectrum. It's either wake up feeling too tired or I wake up feeling like I've overslept. You know, like that, you, when your body feels too tired from oversleeping. So you're, you're like four o'clock. Yeah. I'm Hoppers Five. What is the average South African's time for waking up? And and I say South African because Joburg, I feel, might be a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. As we do get going a little bit earlier. Whereas Cape Town, hmm. <laughs> they might be eight o'clock risers. Now eight, nine, wake up, go climb Lion's Head, yes. and then surf a little, and then make your way to the office at like 11. On that note, this is like the perfect segue. At 10 o'clock, we have some guests coming in. Um, yeah, it is 10 o'clock, like my uh, whole... 10, yeah. Yeah, 10. 10 o'clock, we have some guests coming in from... No, let's get that right. Havas. Havas. I always feel like I need to add like the Havas or something. It sounds more exotic then. Mm, it's, so, a, it's a French company. Yes. So um, I guess it would be Havas, maybe. Somewhere somewhere along those lines. Yeah. And so we'll also get to talk to somebody else. His name is Kevin, and he's organizing the Blisters for Bread Fun Walk. And we'll get to know more about that in, at about, we'll say, 9.45. And the reason why I'm still unsure of the time was because I called him yesterday and he lives in Cape Town. So we had to now, <laughs> yeah, we had to arrange like a time for the interview. I was like, okay, Kevin, what works well for you? I really want to give you adequate publicity for your um, fun walk. And he goes, well, you know, I live in Cape Town, right? So you can't exactly call me too early. So I was like, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> Go with your bad soul. So it's kind of that thing of trying to balance all those Cape Tonians. I don't know what time they wake up. Yeah, I've got a lot of suppliers uh, in in Cape Town, and I know. Okay, please that, justify. 
your other day job is not just being at Cliff Central the whole day. No. And you I aren't tr- a drug look, dealer either. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> when people throw that supply, supply. Zone, yeah. I, I try to spend as much time as I can at Cliff Central because it's such an awesome vibe, yeah? And you get free food straight free off the Free food, <laughs> free coffee. Uh, there's a foosball table. Yes. We can do stuff. Like, it's fun. Um, but yeah, day to day, I own a company called Chaos Theory. We do events, brand activations, a bit of social media, some crazy stuff. Um, we're all about the wild. Hence factor. the chaos. Hence the chaos. Yes. It's all about the chaos. And yeah, so we do events, uh, nationally, all around the country. My team are actually leaving on a, on a road show this morning up to Botswana. So. Ooh. I- up to Gabarone. So that's going to be quite fun. But yes, suppliers down yeah. in Cape Town, they, I know, as a matter of fact, you do not phone them before like 9.30 because it's just, they just won't answer. Really? They just don't. It's just not. Maybe I've got the wrong suppliers, but I do. <laughs> they do inspire me to want to move to Cape Town because I think that's that's the sort of lifestyle that I could, I could adjust to. Yeah, I feel like Cape Town is like, pages from gq magazine like it's too perfect well it was rated as one of the most beautiful country uh, one of the most beautiful cities in the yeah, world it is a country on its own <laughs> it's a country on its own um it was rated as one of the most beautiful cities in the world and it is really over winter not so much it yeah. rains a bit it's not it's not exactly the greatest but during summer wow it's warm uh, it doesn't rain you have amazing things you can do in cape town from the restaurants the bars the, the excursions. You can go shark cage diving. You can go to Robben Island. You can see all that stuff. You can race race cars. You see, yeah. I, I won't lie. I am slightly jealous. Scratch it. It's not slightly. I am flipping jealous. All right. We're going to come down to Cape Town in December. So get <laughs> exactly. ready for us, Cape Town. So let's try and make ourselves feel better, right? So we started the day off. Richard Wiseman gave us advice on how to sleep well. Okay. Yes. So that is the first thing. I have that sort of like half ticked off. I don't really know if I will try it completely, but we'll see how it goes, okay? So then, um, Richard Wiseman, he also gave us, a, I really can't, he has one of those names where I can't just call him Richard. I'll have to call him Richard Wiseman. Anyway, um, he gave us advice on how to achieve happiness. That was his thing. So he says, um, the secret to achieving happiness may be easier and quicker than you think. As part of his um, In 59 Second series, Richard explains how forcing your face into smiling will start to make you feel much happier. I believe that. Really? I believe that. 100%. I believe that. Like that, that fake it till you make it type of thing. Fake it till you make it. Uh, it's that. That's real. That. I mean, imagine, I, I, I like to think when I meet new people that your personality, your your face sort of gives away what sort of personality you have. And if you meet someone and they're uh, bubbly and see, smiley and... I and hate that though. You hate that? Someone Sometimes people will come up to me and they're like, oh, that look on your face. So you have that look that sort of reminds me of someone who just wants to keep to themselves or who's, you know, tied up and conceited and isn't friendly. Excuse me, I look like I'm minding my own business, damn it. Not like <laughs> trying to judge me on how my face looks. There's that, there's that, there's that condition All that people suffer from. Real. It's called... Uh, resting bitch face. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that? That's <laughs> where it's where you look at someone and you're like, "Ish." You just naturally look. I'm yeah. in I'm in trouble with this one. It's resting okay. bitch face, and they don't mean to look. So angry, they just have a face that just looks like they yeah, are they not happy. They have the bitch face on all the time. Yes, but here's the thing. Maybe the key to happiness is realizing that you are in complete control 
of how happy you actually are. Aye, aye, aye. I ain't on that path, hey. Okay, so let's give him a try. It's his 59 seconds, so wherever you are, just like... Let's have this moment, okay? Let's have this minute, and we are going to be happier people. If this you're in traffic, look at the people around you and smile <laughs> at them, because exactly. that, that could be pretty awkwardly fun. You might be spreading happiness or on your way to getting a restraining order. One of the two. <laughs> so let's try it out. This is Richard Wiseman with his smile test. Let's start with a quick exercise. I'd like you to force your face into a smile. Don't just sit there, actually give it a go. Force your face into a smile. Now hold that expression. Everyone knows that when they feel happy, they smile. But research shows the opposite is also true. When you force your face into a smile, you start to feel happier. Keep smiling. The same is true of how you talk and even walk. If you put energy into your voice and a spring in your step, you'll suddenly feel much better. Okay, you can stop smiling now. How do you feel? Did it work for you? I hope so. And next time you want a quick dose of delight, just spend 30 seconds or so behaving like a happy person. Huh. Hmm. Sundi says, just smile, Sia, and the world will smile with you. You can still mind your own business and smile. Laugh okay. out loud. Mm, all right, you know what? Thank you, Cindy. Okay, I'll take that. I'll so, take that. so Richard Wiseman, I mean, he could just be spreading a whole bunch of stuff that we already know. There, there's at call centers when they train you okay. to be a call center agent. Um, they actually teach you to smile when answering the phone or when making a call. Because you sound different. I understand that. Yeah. You how, do, how do I sound now? I don't know. You actually can, yeah. Maybe. I think maybe we should try the show. Well, what do you think people think we're doing now? What if we like, this is our grumpiness? Yeah, I can no, hear. I, I, can't, yeah. I can see you're not grumpy, and I can definitely hear you're not grumpy. It's, yeah. This is the good news show. There is no way possible that we could ever be grumpy. Okay, Hashtag true. hands across SA. So does it work for you? Definitely, if it's an almost fake it till you make it type of thing. Um. <laughs> I'll be I'll be honest. I, I I was lucky enough to be born as a primal optimist. So I always yeah. see I always see the good in stuff, and I try not to let uh I try not try not to let things affect me. Um, outside conditions affect my mood or yeah. my happiness. I'm in control of that, and I know that. So yeah, it, fake it until you make it. Keep smiling. It's the positivity. Keep shining. Oh, oh, oh that oh. you can always. <laughs> I had no, to go down that road. That was magic. Thank you. They don't call me Pavarotti for nothing. No one's ever called you that. <laughs> I know it's one of those things. Okay. So this, let's focus on the good, right? We will keep on smiling and we will keep on bringing up that positive energy, right? So yes. if you want to talk to us, do feel free to hashtag hands across SA all over the Twitterverse or Facebook, whatever you do. Um, also call us in 0861 what am I missing? WeChat, of course. WeChat. Get yes. in touch with us on WeChat. It's the easiest way to to pick up on the show and also uh, to get involved. You guys can send messages directly to the show, get news about what's coming up next. Uh, there's a whole bunch of Alice. photos and Alice is da. Yeah. So let's focus on some of the happier news stories that we've heard this week. And they're quite interesting, hey, all over the world. Um, I've got I've got one for you. Oh, okay. 
So, uh, yesterday, a three-year-old girl was found in the, in the Siberian wilderness. She'd been there for 11 days, three years old, and she'd survived. She survived living off berries and water, and at night, her dog kept her warm. She'd gone missing. She'd gone wandering out of her village into the wilderness. Her dog had kept her safe and warm, and after 11 days, she'd figured out how to feed herself, three years old, feed herself, uh, drink water out of the river. And on the 11th day, her dog ran into the village, called somebody, sort of got someone's attention, and then brought them back to where the little girl was. At three years old? Yeah, I think, look, the the, the news report said three. I think she was like three and a half. But yeah. I don't think I would be able to survive Absolutely in the wilderness at 29 not. years old. So... Like, big up, big wow. The survival instinct kicked in. Yes. What I think is hugely heroic is that her her dog, this companion, man's best friend, kept her warm at night. And after 11 days, trotted off back to the village because he could find his way, called somebody, they found the, the dog, the dog brought them back to where the little girl was. That is insane. It sounds like something out of a movie. Do you know, as soon as you started describing the story, I just thought, what's his name? Mowgli? From Mowgli. The Jungle Book? Like <laughs> the Jungle Book Three I've always, in Siberia. Like I've always had visions. I was like, you know, sometimes you know when life gets too hard, you're like, I'm leaving. Screw it. I'm gonna go and move into a cave and I'll play the harmonica for bats or something. Totally. And you think maybe you could survive out in the wild, but once you start thinking about it, hell no. Yeah. You'd not be able to. It's one of those crazy things. Um. Yeah. Yeah. The experts say her chances of survival uh, were so minimal. Um, not just because of her age, but because of the conditions. It's close to Russia. It, even in summer, it's not very warm. So, I mean, it's it, it's a, it's an inspiring story. That is, yeah, hey, that is inspiring and a half. So this is also keeping on that young kid. Um, there's this little girl. She suffers from an aggressive form of brain cancer. Uh, she was diagnosed, they call it, with glioblastoma. If I just got in that and actually pronounced correctly, I think that's more than enough. I deserve like a Nobel Peace Prize. So her name's Ava. She's six years old. And just for her birthday, as it was coming up, all she asked for was a swimming pool. That's all she asked for. It was very, very simple. But um, her parents, Michael and Jeff, weren't really able to make that happen. Um, nonetheless, the pair started a Facebook page they created for their daughter. They called it Ava's Army because they were de- determined just to simply just get that started. It's a simple swimming pool. And just from that Facebook page, Ava's Army, about 200 strangers, literally strangers, just came up. They pitched in money. It all came up to, they purchased the pool for $7,000. But in the end, the volunteers actually pitched in about 40,000 US dollars worth of work and donations. And they actually ended up getting the pool for Ava. It's the little simple things, you guys. That's, that's for me, that makes it bigger and better. And all of the volunteers agreed that just seeing the smile on Ava's face is just the best thing that they could have done, you know. Um, it's that yeah. that childhood cancer is is so it's so traumatic. Mm-hmm. And and I think the the most difficult part about it is that many people don't know much about childhood cancer. Um, we have been working with uh, little Layla. I've been doing it for for a couple of months now. Layla is five years old. Uh, okay. She got diagnosed at four years old. Um, I can't even say what type of cat. It's epi, epidemona. 
that sort of cancer. There are so many different childhood cancers. She was told by doctors that um, her parents were told by doctors that she wouldn't make it past half a year because she was so incredibly sick. She made it through a year. She's now five. Uh, she's still going strong. They are are continuously doing more research on her type of cancer internationally. So there is always hope, which is really, really amazing. I met with her and her mom on Saturday. They are planning huge things for September because September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Um, and, and they're planning a lot of different, uh, different activities around South Africa where they just want awareness. They want people to know, hey, if your kid is, if your kid's got constant nosebleeds, mm-hmm. don't just stick a tissue up there, get them to the doctor because that could be something so much bigger. And the sooner you figure it out, the better because you, you might be able to fight it through the different exactly. mechanisms that get they have. Get it while it's still early. Yes. So and, uh, Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, this is when I feel the importance and I really do believe in the likes of Reach for a Dream, you know. Love that foundation. Because for me, there's it's one thing being sick, but it's one thing being potentially terminal where you know that you probably won't survive and you know that you now have a limited amount to be alive. And imagine how much optimism you would have knowing that your life is about to come to an end. It's like, oh, why not just take me now type of thing. Yeah. Um, on top of being sick, on top of worrying about what you must do, on top of just, you know, just being and trying to remain healthy as long as you can. So to be able to have that light at the end of the tunnel, that for me, that really, that gets me going. Um, so even Ryan Seacrest, I know he has Seacrest Studios. Um, basically, this is what he believes in. You know, he Ryan Seacrest is like the king of broadcasting in America. And he did something that's aligned with him. You know, he believes in a cause. And so it doesn't mean that he has to go out of his lane and start, you know, being a political activist just to make a difference. But he he's now created Seacrest Studios in different children's hospitals. So it's a full-on broadcasting studio. There's like a radio studio, there's a TV studio, and all of the broadcasting is actually going out into the hospital itself. Wow, that's incredible. So it's different children's hospitals all around America, and that's what I love about it. You know, you might think, oh, but why? It doesn't really make a difference. It doesn't feed a child, you know, somewhere in Africa, or it doesn't provide clean water. But it makes a difference to those kids. And some of the kids are so involved, they love it. And some of the kids just love seeing, hey, Someone from down my corridor is now on TV, and it's that little entertainment. It gives them some optimism. Hey? There, there was another charity in America that that focused on um, creating space for teenager cancer patients, because you have you have the pediatric ward, which is all about babies, and and there are there's a huge um, huge amounts of childhood cancers. So they had these pediatric wards where it's it's very babyfied. Yeah. When you when you look at the walls, it's it's Barney and they've got nursery school books and it's it's a lot of baby stuff. And then you have the adult ward, and the adult ward is a bunch of people, TVs, reading books. There was nothing for the adolescents, the teenagers that are going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so there's a foundation in America that inside the hospitals has created these spaces where they have. Playstations and Xboxes and, and Guitar Hero and. I love that. You, you sit, when you're busy getting chemo, you sit for, I don't know, two to three hours in a hospital. Don't you want to be in a space where pe- the people around you, first of all, are the same age so you can all interact and work through it together and also have fun while it's happening? Exactly. You don't, you don't need to sit in the, exactly. in a chair and, you know. Yeah. So a- anything to that extent, I absolutely advocate. And so on that note of, um, 
having a limited amount to live. And I know this might sound kind of dreary and dark and, you know, um, but I, I assure you, this is not Debbie Downers here. This is actually for a good cause. I was on YouTube recently and I heard about the Soul Pancake series. Have you heard about them? I love the Soul Pancake series. Ooh. I've actually downloaded the app onto my phone. There's I've an got, app? There's an app. There's an app, so you can you can engage with the community. But I think let, let's explain to everybody listening what the yes. Soul Pancake is all about. Okay, so Soul Pancake, I was surprised to know who it was created by. Your mother? No, uh, was it not? No, okay, well she had she had some involvement. Yes, well Oprah does have Soul Pancake <laughs> programming on on own the Oprah Winfrey Network, but it was actually Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson, you might not know the name per se. But he's Dwight from The Office. If you see his picture, you'll know who he is. I know exactly who he is. That guy. I know exactly that guy. Yes. Who, he, I mean. <laughs> I he's love how so, we're saying that guy as if everyone can ask him. That guy. He's so far. We'll tweet a picture. Yeah. He's so far removed from what you would think would be part of something that is yes. about enriching the soul, about feeding the good stuff, about the good stories, about focusing on what communities are trying to make differences in. He's a comedy actor. That, now, that for me is a true actor. If you can be in a role where we don't know who you are and we would not expect something from you in your private life, that's an actor because you've become someone totally different on screen. So basically, Soul Pancake is definitely all about that. It's about um just the crux of life and what it really means and it might sound so deeply philosophical as you explain it but it's the simple heartwarming things you'll ever imagine um so it's a whole channel one of the things i saw from soul panic is literally just they said um they built this whole station on like an a a like just on a road and there's it's this button there was this button just press this button for love and everyone was walking past us with like, press the button for love. Like, what does this mean? And as you press the button, this box that's in front of the button just opens up. There's this large heart, literally someone dressed as a big old red heart, comes up to you, hugs you. There's like confetti, fireworks, music. It's this whole big spiel for 30 seconds. After 30 seconds, they go in back to the box and it's done. But they, they got back in the box. You cannot help but smile and love that. It's just those little things of, come on, yeah, they living. They do really cool stuff. I saw a video where they placed a whole bunch of um, white chairs in sort of what would be our Monte Cassino Piazza or uh-huh. the Sands and Square. They placed they placed all of these white chairs, and all of the white chairs had a symbol on it. So one was a guitar. It was just on the chair. Oh, guitar, yes, a that. clarinet, a, viol- yeah. a violin. And it, there was a sign that said, choose your air instrument. And there was a conductor that stood in front of all these chairs. I and he that. sort of got people to sit down. And as they were sitting down... Music started playing. And these were randoms. People didn't know each other. They were all just walking around. No. And, and you choose your chair and you sit. Yeah. You choose your chair, you sit, and the conductor would point at you as the violin starts, and you would airplay your violin. Who doesn't love airplaying an instrument? It's, I mean, it's, it's got no purpose other than making you happy. It sounds so silly, but you can't help but feel good. Exactly. And yes. then when you have 30 people doing it together and there's music blasting behind you and this conductor is feeding you with passion to play your air instruments. And everyone got so into it. it was. And you realize how much fun it is. I, I think that's something that that 
we we as adults might lose yeah. is is that inhibition to just do whatever whenever as children you don't mind you you go for it on the playground the imagination is key and you do whatever you want to do whereas as adults you sort of restrain i don't know from playing an air instrument in public yeah. maybe not it's one of those things like no 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 let me go on with my life type of thing but you just it's life you t- and you experience joy from living you tap into that have a good time. Have I, fun with random other strangers around you. I think we should do an air, an air ensemble. Something, so, something to, to that extent. A little something, <laughs> something in Ravonia. We'll catch you later. So it's it really the Soul Pancake series. I cannot like push it enough. Literally, you can simply go onto YouTube and search Soul Pancake. It's a whole lot of empowering videos on the channel. But one of the things that struck me was a new like it's a series within the channel, and it's called My Last Days. Um. And it's like a profile mini documentary on several different people who have life-threatening illnesses and they know they're about to die soon. But it's through documenting their last days and how they choose to live. You know, I think that's the most important thing, how you choose to live. Um, when you know that you're about to die soon, you could either just wallow in self-pity or you can make the most of what you have so, so far. Be grateful of the life you've lived and to make sure that you really like you really make the most of your last days, hey? You just experience life, life and love and joy and all the good positive stuff. And I know this sounds so like superficial and cray cray, <laughs> but as soon as you start watching it, I started watching my last days and I was thinking, oh crap, this is scary. Someone's going to die. Someone's going to cry. It's all about sadness. But it's not about the death at the end of the, at the, end of the day. It's about the celebrating of the life that person has lived. And through the My Last Days documentary, I learned about Zach Sobiak. Mm-hmm. He was 16 years old. You know, he died when he was 16, which is kind of scary because he was also born the year I was born. So, you know, I, I saw my whole life in his life. And at the age of 14, he was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, which is a variation of cancer, which attacks in the bones and usually gets um, kids, really. Um, so Zach, during his life, he underwent 10 different surgeries and 20 rounds of chemotherapy. Like you just hear that once and chemotherapy, I know I've heard it's been hard, but imagine 20 and especially as a young child. That's incredibly taxing on the body. Oh yeah. So in order, you know, I, I just look up to Zach and I'm so inspired by his story. When he found out that he was terminal, he decided to say goodbye to the world with his songs. Yeah, okay, let's get it together. Um, <laughs> he decided to say goodbye to the world with his songs. And, you know, I, I just have to feel, I'm not one of those emotional people, but you tend to go like, ah, we were never ready for this. But even though, you know, he didn't have a, a long life to live, he started to just write these little, these letters and these lyrics. And that's how the song Clouds was born. Now, the tune is catchy and the lyrics are simple, but more than that, they're so profound and it just sits with you. So it starts off by, and I'll play the song in just a few minutes, but one of the things that strikes me, it, it says, um, this is how the song starts off. Well, I fell down, down, down into the stark and lonely road. There was no one there to care about me anymore. And I needed a way to climb and grab a hold of the edge. And you were sitting there holding a rope and we'll go up 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 but i'll fly a little higher and we'll go up in the clouds because the view is just a little nicer see ya Whew. 
you have to listen to the song. You, you, and you, yeah. Okay. So, unintentionally, you're gonna make everyone cry. I think I've seen this clip, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure if it's the same one. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it in the shopping center? No. Okay. Okay. So they, this, they, they've, so they've taken that song, which he, oh yes, okay, this, that, this I is think what I'm saying. 5,000, 6,000 people. This is what I'm saying. Who gathered and sang the song Clouds sang for that Zach. song. They sang that song. The, okay. So let's play this song because we sound like we're on our own cults trying to promote it. But this is Zach Sobiak with Clouds. about that not only are you did you sing along but you're also crying ah uh, uh, let's come on give me some street cred here <laughs> give me some street cred no um what you just heard of course was the song um clouds by zach sobiak and the last little bit of that voice talking saying thank you zach that is actually jason Mraz. 
And this is what I love. Of course, while they were filming the documentary My Last Days, the Soul Pancake team actually told some popular celebrities about Zach's story. And they all were so inspired by Zach's story and his attitude of life as he was living his final days that they all recorded themselves singing along to the song. So you have like Jason Mraz, um, Kobe Calais, Ashley Tisdale, all of these celebrities who just gone like banded together. And that happy guy from 30 Rock, what's his name? You know that happy, annoying one who's like the assistant or the elevator rider or whatever? Yes, I don't know his name, but I know exactly that, who you're that, talking about. That happy one. And he literally looks that happy in the video as well. So that's what I absolutely love about it. And Duncan, who's one of our technical guys in the production booth, I'm not going to name and shame, but hey, I've already done it. He's like the biggest butchest guy. He's like rugby and bulltong any day. And he just sent me a message saying, that's a beautiful jam, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if we have Duncan who's feeling inspired, I feel, hey, you know what, that's it. And it made it different. Um, I've just actually tweeted the link to uh, the video where once Zach had passed on, yeah, in the Mall of America, they, they got 5,000 people together to to sing that same song in honor of him, which is pretty, that's pretty intense. Um, yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. Do you know what it is for me as well? It's always, okay, it's all good and well that, um, of course, they're honoring Zach and his legacy and his life. But the mere fact that they were, I, I can't remember the exact number, but it was either 5,000 or 6,000. 5,000 or 6,000 people who are aware of Zach's life and his story and his attitude. And the mere fact that they were all there in studio mean in the mall means that they were banded together for a greater cause. And they actually believed in how Zach lived his life. And on top of that, you can't just be affected by Zach and think, okay, that's it, this, my life is done. You'll go on living your life, especially in the way that Zach lived. So that video in itself, hey, that yeah, video it's, in it's itself. A, it's a tearjerker. I think what we need to take from that is to concentrate on your bucket list. Everybody's got a bucket list. You have one somewhere. There's there's something that you want to do. There's a, There's an idea that you have. There's... A dream, I don't know, change your job, uh, change your car, change the city you live in. If, if there's something that you want to do, it's part of your bucket list, do it. Because you have no clue what's going to come tomorrow. And what is bigger to me, though, is the way he was 17 when he died. And he was almost ready for it. He was peaceful about it. He was, he had accepted it, but he still didn't let that, you know, defer how he was going to live. He had a girlfriend. He went out doing all these great sports. He loved life. And, you know, this is the perfect goodbye. You know, one of my favorite lyrics were, you know, um, what did you say? Oh, um, and maybe someday I'll see you again and we'll float up in the clouds and we'll never see the end. So it's just one of those. Let's be honest. He, he might have been ready. I don't think I, like, I'm never going to be ready. I want to live till I'm 102 <laughs> and 10, maybe 150. Um, I don't know, not to sound morbid, I think, yeah, let's not get into it. I was about to, yeah. <laughs> Debbie Downer <laughs> is back in the studio. No, really, not to sound morbid, but I feel like sometimes I think you should use death. You should always be re- reminded of death in order to live a better life. We've, we, we've touched on that before, and it's, yeah. it's all about enduring the sour to enjoy the sweet. Mm-hmm. So precisely today, I mean... I'm sure everyone's going to be speaking about this and it's all over Facebook and it's all over Twitter. Robin Williams did pass away the early hours of, of the morning. Yeah. And 
it, it just reminds us of our mortality. That's exactly what death does. So, so when, I guess when it's, when it's someone closer, it's, it's so much closer to be reminded of that mortality that you're not going to live forever and you don't have a million and one years ahead of you. You actually, uh, you need to focus on the here and now. Oh yeah. And, and do amazing things right now. And making the most of the time you have now. I think that's the most important thing of every single day shouldn't be for granted. Every single day is another opportunity to do good. And every single day is one of, is, is another better opportunity to do better and live better and change somebody's life for the better. Hey, change one thing, change everything. Change one thing Tuesday, right? It's hashtag change one thing Tuesday on um, hashtag hands across essay on hashtag your central com. <laughs> okay, can you calm down, 21st century friends? By the way, that is where you can get in contact with us. Hashtag hands across essay on Twitter or at cliffcentral.com on Twitter as well. Send us a message on our uh, official account on WeChat. Um, I can't read their name, but they say they love on radio and it's, the shows are amazing. It's Zikona Kamahale. Kamale. Kamale. H L E is Hle. Hle. Kamale yes. says they love the, they love all of the shows on Unradio and and Mr. Cliff must keep it up. I love it. Mr. Cliff. Not Mr. just anybody else. Mr. Mr. G. Yes. Um so let's talk about living in the now and making the most of the time you have, right? Um let's go on to Blisters for Bread. This is a fun walk. So everyone in the Cape, you can don your walking shoes for a good cause and help Feed a Hungry Child. So Blisters for Bread, one of Cape Town's favorite charity events, is back on the social responsibility calendar for the 47th year. That's quite amazing. So this annual fun walk calls on Mother City residents to take to the streets for a worthy cause. On Sunday, the 24th of August, 2014, now as was the case with previous events, this philanthropic happening supports the Peninsula School Feeding Association, also known as PSFA, a non-profit organization that, that addresses the fact that three out of four children in the Western Cape go to school hungry every single day. Now, it was established in 1959, and PSFA endeavors to feed these hungry children at both primary and secondary school levels. This is uh, for me, it's one of the best things I, I've heard. And as soon as I heard about it, I was like, okay, you know what? Let's, let's get Kevin on the line right now. And so Kevin is from Cape Town. Well, won't you look at that? And as soon as we get Kevin on, we lose him. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Let me give you more backstory to it. Um, where, where's the walk? Where, what is the, I mean, it's in Cape Town. Exactly. So basically the PSFA believes that you can't teach a hungry child. And to the, today, the organization feeds up to 24,058 children in 119 schools. Now, that for, for most of them, you know, you have to remember that it's the only meal that they get. So, hey, you know, that's quite a, a large thing. So this year, the event boasts a brand new initiative that calls on schools and learners to not only take part in the walk, but also foster charitable spirit. Now, the campaign is urging scholars to either enter... Uh, on two of the one of the two routes, there we go. And the school with the most combined entries will walk away with a cash prize of five thousand rand. Let's try it again. Kevin, good morning. Hi, uh, good morning. Is that Sia? Yes, this is he. Yes, hi, Sia. I love uh, the official <laughs> introduction. I, I was worried there that uh, I was there, then you were gone, then I was gone, but now I'm here. And, and now we're finally with each other again. Yes, there we go. And uh, <laughs> I, I really want to first just start off and tell you what a lovely day it is in Cape Town. It's so beautiful. The sun is shining. 
and I know you're sitting in Josie. Ke- Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, this is Brent from Hands Across SA. I have to ask you, uh, we were chatting earlier on about Cape Tonians and, and how they might get up later than, than the Joburg guys. What time did you get up this morning? Uh, I got up at 10 to 6 this morning, believe it or not, but uh-huh. I got up to let the dog out. <laughs> and then I went back to bed. <laughs> okay. You see, that's the thing. We we cannot help but be envious. But you know what? Let's talk about um, blisters for bread, the fun walk. Um, what's it all about and why are you involved particularly? Yes, it's it's a, a, a wonderful occasion. Um, on the 24th of August, uh, we're going to have the PSFA uh, Blisters for Bread charity fun walk. And uh, we're going to have about 12,000 people taking part. And uh, we as top events have been privileged to be involved in the um, the walk for the last nine years. And we're looking very forward to it. We've got lots of uh, pre-planning that's on the go. Uh, you can well imagine it's a, a big job uh, trying oh, yeah. to put in place everything to look after 12,000 walkers. Wow. That is quite something and a half. So the whole day on the 24th of August, what can people expect for the actual event? Well, it's uh, first and foremost, you have a choice of two distances. So you can do a 5K if you're not that energetic. And then if you're a little bit more energetic, you can do a 10K. Um, It starts right adjacent to the the new Cape Town Stadium, where a number of, as you know, the Football World Cup games were played. And uh, goes down along the seaboard. Beautiful views along there, along the promenade, uh, down past uh, Muri Point and into Sea Point, and we come back. And then we finish at the, the Greenpoint Cricket Track um, after that. And uh, lots of vendors on the day. We'll have this, the, the Spur uh, mobile unit out there. We've got lots of uh, beverages that will be supplied by Coca-Cola, Peninsula Beverages, and uh, got a lot of music in that as well. And uh, if you don't mind, we have... Uh, also got an outside broadcast unit, and if I can mention their name, we've got a local radio station <laughs> called Good Hope FM. You don't mind me saying that, I'm sure. I, I because love it that. is for charity, <laughs> after Ke- all. Kevin, this is on radio. You can say whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. Thank you. Uh-huh. That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, so let's talk about the money. 50 rand per person, right? Yeah, 50 rand. But I, I think what is so important is that that 50 rand will feed... 25 children, so it costs approximately two rand to feed a hungry child. Two rand and, for a hungry child? Yeah, and if, while we're talking about that, um, the, the PSFA, the Peninsula School Feeding Association, which has been around, it seems like, forever, um, uh-huh. they, uh, the walk, in actual fact, is, is in its uh, 47th year now, but they have a wonderful, wonderful payoff line, and that is simply, you can't teach a hungry child. And that's so true, though. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you if you have an empty belly in the morning, you you simply can't concentrate at school. And that's one of the reasons that uh, a lot of these these youngsters are now coming to school because they they can be fed through the Peninsula School Feeding Association feeding program. And uh, as you said, only fifty rand. In and addition to you paying the fifty rand, listen to this. I'm sure, you've heard of this company called Takealot.com. Uh-huh. What they've done for us, they've put a wonderful initiative in place. Everyone, everyone who enters will get a 100 rand takealot.com voucher. Oh, wow. You have to spend 250 rand, right? But okay. you get in 100 rand off. So that, that's a really, really nice um, innovation. And every single person is getting one. They've given us 12,100 rand vouchers. 
But talking about hungry children and feeding, if, if you'll just permit me, just to give you some stats, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, it's terrifying that three out of four children in the Western Cape go to school hungry. Well, at the moment, the PSFA are feeding 24,058 children in 119 schools. That is... And wait for it, not every month, this is, this is every day. And often I mention that figure, and, you know, friends of mine say, gee, that's that's a lot every month. And no, no, it's not a month. It's every day. So all your entry fee money will go back to feeding hungry children. And uh, we have some wonderful support sponsors on board as well to help us. We have the Lions that will be doing all the marshalling and looking after the refreshment stations, etc. I did mention Coca-Cola earlier on. Uh-huh. We have our mainstream newspaper, the Cape Argus, the town print media partner. And uh, we have Lucky Star and, and Speco as well that are at the moment providing products that go into the feeding of hungry children, making it a lot more nutritious for them and so on. Yeah. And so any other information? I, I know the entries have closed, right? No, entries haven't closed. Oh, only, okay. only the manual entries have closed. So you can still go online, and that's to psfa.org.za psfa.org.za, or you could visit the Top Events website, uh, topevents.co.za, and you can enter online there. Um, if you really want to, uh, we have an office in, in Cape Town, number 6 Kuburg Road in Maitland, and you can do a manual entry there. That's the only place you can. We did do entries through five various sportsmen's warehouse stores in the peninsula area, uh-huh. but those have now closed. But you can go online, and online entries are open until the weekend. Just talking about entries here, what's very important is we're capping the numbers this year. Okay. And as of this morning, we were on between, I think, seven and a half and 8,000. So uh, we're capping it in terms of safety regulations and requests from the traffic department. Yeah. So we don't have many entries left. And um, if you are thinking about in- entering, getting quickly... Um, Helen Zilla will be there as well, by the way. She's taking part. We love Helen. There we go. Now you have a draw card of note. Absolutely. I, I think she's going to be teta in a bit on the stage there, you know, like she normally does, doing a bit of dancing and that. And um, we, we have uh, a number of celebs that will be coming along. We've got some TV coverage of the event as well, uh, being done by the CakeNet crew. And in actual fact, we're on Expresso as well, on uh, SABC. So lots of lots of media exposure. Big big thank you to Warren from Lifebrand. He's facilitated a lot of that. Um, but if I may just thank the the staff at the PSFA offices as well. They've done a wonderful job in promoting the event. And oh, yeah. I'm sure you understand things like this don't don't just happen. You know, you, there's a lot of hard work behind the scenes that takes place. Totally, Kevin. If people want to get involved, uh, just follow you on social media. Do you have a Twitter? Do you have a Facebook? Um, What I'd like to do, if you don't mind, if they can maybe just uh, go to the website, uh, everything's on there, and uh, they can, can, yes, to answer you, we do have a Twitter facility, we do have Facebook and all that, so there's there's everything from a social media point of view that that is available. We also have t-shirts for sale, by the way. Excellent, awesome. 65 Rand that are are branded, and, uh, you know, with the payoff line, you you can't uh, teach a a hungry child, and... uh, that website again, psfa.org.za. If I may just mention the start times, if you don't mind. From the, 8 till 12, right? Uh, the 5K starts at, uh, sorry, the 10K starts at 8, 
and the 5K starts at 8.30. Perfect. Kevin... And that's in Fritz Sonnenberg, adjacent to the Cape Town Stadium. Just for the people that are listening that have entered us already, we encourage them to please park at the V&A waterfront. It's not a long walk up the road. Take you about five or ten minutes, and by the time you get to the start, and we'll be having staggered starts um, during the course of the morning. Uh, lots of fun, lots of lucky draw prizes. Um, we've got some. Must get this right. Mini, I think that uh, mini S fours or S fives. Help me, please. Yeah, sure. that sounds about right. Yeah. I wouldn't mind winning yeah, a little so, mini. So lucky star making some of those available for us. We got some really nice hampers from. A lot of our partners, and um, as I mentioned earlier on, everyone's getting one of those um, takealot.com vouchers. Absolutely brilliant. We're going to tweet the link to your website, and we look forward to following it on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you very much for being on the show today, Kevin. Just a big, big thank you to you as well, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and uh, let's hope that on the 24th we get those 12,000 people. Please, everybody that's out there, enter early. Go onto the website today and enter. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Thank Thank you you. so much, Kevin. Well, that was blisters for bread, the fun walk happening on the 24th of August, 2014 in the Mother City. Kind of jealous, I won't lie, but you can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, join the Google Plus Circle, whatever it is, just connect with them somehow. It's all happening at the Greenpoint Cricket Club. And this is hashtag HandsAcrossSA right here on cliffcentral.com with Brent and Sia.
Sting. Yeah. How I about that? Again. Yeah, that was me after like some hectic tobacco and a bad night. Now that's a lie. That uh, yeah, that could never stuff. be. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to put it off. Maybe if I talk like this, get my Barry White on. Mm, Still did, not. Did we not say that when you're talking, you should do it with a smile on your face? Oh yes, true. And by the way, we have a message from Boo Boo Nunu. I love these people. You know what? I don't judge anyone who sends us a message on WeChat. So, like, they have the best names in the world. Like, Mama Soldier Cindy, she's our favorite. And now we have Boo Boo's Nunu, who says, Morning, guys, your show is awesome. Unscripted for real. And with a smile, her real name is Rafila. So, Rafila, thank you so much. We love you, too. We love you even more. We love everybody. Yes. We love everybody. And if you want to get in touch, uh, you can chat to us on WeChat, Twitter, Hands Across SA. Or you can give us a call in studio on 0861-555-189. We have an amazing panel in studio with us today. Yes. All the way from Havas. And did we pronounce it correctly? Let's get them all on the mics. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. How are we? Good. Come on, let's get more optimistic. <laughs> let's get more Vuma in it. How are we? We are fantastic. <laughs> in a world. <laughs> I wasn't even expecting that, but now I love you even more, Owen. So it's Owen, Ursula, and Lisa from Havas. Did I pronounce it correctly? Perfect. And is it French? Uh, it is. It's got its um, history and startings definitely in French, but its offices in New York, the head office, and we're basically across 500 countries. So it's, it's the most un-French but very French company that exists for sure. Wow. So we have Owen, who's the chief creative officer worldwide in Johannesburg. I don't know what that means either. It it sounds very, very (laughs) impressive, but I'll just go by it. I think you're kind of important. (laughs) So I keep being told. (laughs) I've always just dreamed, do you have like that, your gold-plated name, like on your door? Uh, No, I've got a sign on my door, which was not put up by me, which says, when I close it, it says, do not disturb Disturbed enough already. <laughs> Which goes to show the high level of respect and love and dignity that my staff treat me with. It's all from love. Let's just go with that. Absolutely. We'll roll with that. And we also have Ursula, who's the group managing director, and Lisa, who's the creative group head. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. This is quite something and a half, hey, Brent? We have a full studio. Um, it's They don't know it yet, but there's a big party happening here afterwards. <laughs> we're, we're busy prepping the... Everyone's invited. Oh. It's gonna so, be it's gonna be amazing. Yes, a special mention to Discovery Insure, so they hooked us up today. We'll have a driving simulator actually to test how good our driving is. So if you don't know, Driving Insure has given out who has created this whole app to actually test your driving. Uh, we had the special to hashtag sales and sales and cars. Yes, there we go. Um, yesterday from two to three about it. You can download the podcast, of course, www.cliffcentral.com forward slash podcast. And so we are discussing texting and driving. Let's take a breath. <gasps> Take it deep. 
There is a lot of information. There you go. We were discussing texting in and driving at the same time, and it's horrifying, all the statistics. So hopefully you guys stay around. Let's see how your driving is, and mm-hmm. let's see if you can multitask, which is not a good thing, by the way. Is, is the whole concept of the driving to, to text while on the simulator? I think what they'll do is we'll start by getting someone in, and I won't go first because you need a guinea pig to make sure that it's safe. Mm-hmm. But we'll get <laughs> someone in, and they'll do a lap around the simulated course. Know, just as is to test out your normal driving. Then we'll give you a message on the phone and try to type that out. And you'll see the horrifying difference of what distracted driving actually does to you. I'm excited. Ooh. No, uh, yeah, yeah, hey. I hope it's an automatic. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope I can move at like 20 k's per hour. That's fine. <laughs> Oy vey. All right, so we've got Havas in the studio. And uh, we just want to chat a little bit about the good stuff that you guys are doing uh, for South Africa. I know that uh, we all know that Mandela Day was a couple of weeks ago. And, and you guys did something special in your business park. Ursh? We did, yeah. We had so much fun doing it. Um, it's actually an initiative that Lisa came up with um, a while ago, and we're really looking for something um, to highlight it. And we wanted to use it to challenge the rest of the industry and really giving back. As a business, have us really believes that doing good yeah. um, and doing well is not mutually exclusive. And it's all about... Uh, prosperity and and obviously being prosperous through not only profit but giving back. So the garden idea which Lisa came up with, we used as a challenge to the industry where we basically um, put a bit of money behind within our office park creating vegetable gardens, mm-hmm. um, which we got the whole office involved in. So everybody not only had their, their uh, allotted minutes but uh, pretty much the whole day. Um, and when it got to about three o'clock, they couldn't have their, their beer or their wine without having done an, another double <laughs> stint. Um, so everyone had lots of fun and they were singing and um, dancing going on. And we planted these amazing little vegetable gardens, which we will maintain and ultimately use to feed communities. But Lise can tell you a bit more because she's the one that got her hands really, really dirty that day and did all the pre-planning and buying. And so, yeah. It was a bit of a rush to get off. But it was a lot of fun. Um, it's basically, um, you see all these sort of office parks with these beds of agapanthers. And yeah. I'm not particularly fond of agapanthers. I think they're really boring. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think many people are. <laughs> and all these beds are just wasted. Um, so a while ago we started thinking, wouldn't it be cool to plant vegetables instead mm. of agapanthers? Because um, they can feed people and they're prettier. Mm. Um, so we decided to judge Mandela Day because it's the 67 minutes and it was a nice kickoff. So we got 67 trays of seedlings, and we got everyone involved, and people brought their mess clothes and mm. spades and shovels and got really muddy, and we made a really cool vegetable bed. I think it's it's hugely important, and when we did the, the show for 67 Minutes, Sia and I were saying, it's such a great concept to – a lot of different corporates would have said, yes, mm. let's go into an orphanage or some sort of home, and, and let's mm. make a vegetable garden because that will feed them, and the, the honest truth is, unfortunately, it won't. That takes maintenance. Mm. And if you are already battling with money and as an orphanage to, to mm. come up with those funds, you're not going to have extra money for water or for a gardener or for someone to, to maintain that garden. And it can be yeah. something as simple as water um, that they don't have an excess of. So for you guys to do that is pretty phenomenal. Um, and and it's going to be helping the community. Who who are you targeting? Who is the community mm. that, that are going to be feeding off the, the vegetable garden? Well, leaders say... Um Obviously, um, it talked about food scarcity this yes. Mandela Day. That was kind of their mm-hmm. theme. 
So there are, there are loads of places that they've partnered up with, feeding schemes that you can donate uh, food mm. to. But we were kind of thinking since we planted winter vegetables, it would be really cool to harvest them and make a soup. Soup kitchen. Um, and go out and hand it hand, hand off. That is amazing. Mm. Wow. We've actually been approached by a couple of, of organizations already, and it was really interesting on the day. Um, obviously, there was a lot of, of fun and and dance going on in the gardens. And it was amazing to see how many of the companies within our office park were approaching us to get involved or you know, get their hands dirty. So it really does, I think people really want to, to jump in and help when they get given the opportunity. And it just takes everybody kind of taking the first step. So it is, it's all about thinking outside of the box. Yeah. And you've done something so simple within your own environment that mm. every single other business park could jump on, jump onto. 100%. They have they have the resources, they have the abilities, they could create their own vegetable gardens which could mm. feed communities. There's so many sure. business parks out there. And I, I think one of the, the cool things as well is as part of it we put out as a challenge to the industry, to our industry in particular, to say, you know, equal or better what we've done. Most of them work in either business parks or they have their own premises with lovely manicured lawns. And there's nothing wrong with lovely manicured lawns. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take up a lot of space. Yeah. I mean, you can still mm-hmm. have your pretty ponds and your ducks and your koi fish and whatever you want to have and and do this. You know, you can literally have your vegetables and eat them too, so to speak. So, <laughs> you know, and as you say, the key thing is like all the resources are there. I mean, we've made the commitment to look after it. It's one thing to dig it. It's another thing to look after mm. it. So we've made the commitment to look after it. But we have the resources and we have the time, although Ursula might say differently as managing director. But <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I have my hands well dirty. <laughs> so Owen's the one who condones it. Ursula is the one who has the time on things. <laughs> I had my Ursula hands as dirty as everyone else. <laughs> I promise you, it's not a pretty picture, but we did. It. No, just to put a brief together, a timing plan, <laughs> schedule. I'm um, still waiting for the God. recon, though. You want <laughs> 10 seeds planted in a minute. I was trying to be quite uniform. <laughs> Didn't exactly work. So. so to any agency people out there who are listening, uh, yeah, it's easy to do. Do it. It's fun, mm. too. It's actually a lot of fun. And then you don't have to go to gym at lunchtime. I think also ah. the important thing is is don't wait for next Mandela Day. Don't wait a well, year to make a change. Yeah. You can make the change right now. And and again, a vegetable garden within your business park, you already have the garden service. You already have the space. You yeah. have the water that's yeah. being sprayed on the stuff. Do it yeah. and help out your communities. Yeah. Um, that's one cool initiative that you've done. I'm sure yeah. you, you're... Your company is busy with a whole bunch of things. Mm. I mean, you guys have got a couple of different things that you do within the community. Oh, the sixth largest communications company in the world. Fifth. Fifth. Ooh, excuse us. Anybody got time for being six? We were also actually the um, the first global communications group in 2006 that had a, a carbon neutral. Uh, to go carbon neutral, so oh. we're quite proud of that. We've got a, a methodology called social business ideas where we we basically um, unite doing good with business growth. So it's it's a strategic compass that mm-hmm. basically looks at how you can make money but while giving back. So it's not just about profitability. And with a methodology like that, we actually applied that to our Havas company um, and we started something called One Young World, which kicked off in 2010. I'm going to pa- pause you there because okay. it's not something called One Young World. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of people who, who know about yeah. Young One World. It's, it's yeah. hugely important. Mm. You can tell us more. Sorry. It is. It's amazing. Um, so in 2010, it happened in London. 2011 was Zurich. Uh, 2012 was Pittsburgh. And last year, we were lucky enough to host it in Johannesburg. 
Um, and for anybody that was lucky enough to, to spend some time, it's an incredibly inspiring event. And what it basically is, is corporates um, sponsoring the young leaders of the future. So whether they be future uh, politicians or business leaders or whether, whatever the case may be, to come together in a summit where they, along with world leaders, um, basically talk about solving the world's pressing issues and finding innovative solutions. So whether it be um, we had the involvement of from Jamie Oliver to Bob Geldof, wow. Bill Clinton, um, Richard Branson, Kofi Annan, we really did have – wonderful, inspiring people on the stage throughout the four years. And this year it's in... Dublin, Dublin my birthplace. Yeah, How much work will actually get done is debatable. <laughs> I hate having people who can pull off like accents all the time. I like, in my head, I like to think that I'm a killer at accents. And then it rolls out of my mouth and then I reconsider. Before the show yeah. started, Marcel actually mentioned, uh, Marcel works with us with WeChat. Are you going to name and shame me now? I'm going to name and shame because like we, we, we had a, we had a, a staff meeting which turned into a tequila fueled party. Oh, what? Want a job here. And <laughs> Sounds a bit like I'm, and, I'm allergic uh, to tequila. It makes me fall over. <laughs> There's a lot of people with that problem, actually. And some somewhere along the line, a karaoke machine popped up. As they do. As they do. Uh, a little bit of alcohol, a little bit of karaoke, and Sia got hold of the mic. And oh since no. then, we've banned Sia from singing. <laughs> singing in accents. So now no we go. have to hear something. <laughs> I think I should conduct the rest of this interview with a French accent. Is that pretty good? Oh, no, yeah, that no. Okay. Doesn't work. But you know what I love about this? You know, um... As you were talking about Mandela Day in 67 minutes, I think that's the true Madiba magic. Um, mm. Maya Angela wants to find a legacy as you can't really put a finger on what your legacy will be while you're still alive. Because mm. your teachings, your attitude, how you interacted with people, what you said to someone, how you treated your na- next door neighbor, that's mm. your true legacy. Because it mm. spreads on and that is, it's almost mm. a ripple effect of what goes on and how mm. the next person treats the next. So... That's what I love about this. That's the true Madiba magic. Sure. That yes, you just spend 67 minutes, but mm. you don't know who some who that person is that will get the vegetable and who will be yeah. nourished by that and who will take your spirit and your energy and your um, positivity from that simple act and spread it on to the next person. So that mm. I have to say, I applaud you on that. Have us. I agree. Thank you. And I think it's it's in the same spirit, it's really important for, for leaders of corporates to make sure that they are empowering and, and I don't want to say teaching, that's the wrong word, but giving their, their employees and their people an opportunity oh, yeah. and, and kind of passing it on almost as though you do for your own children um, about igniting them to do something and, and leave something behind for someone else. And so it should be within the corporates. Leadership should really make sure that they are mobilizing people in the company to do something and give something back. And it doesn't matter how big or small it is. I think that's quite a nice thing with the vegetable yeah. garden. Like we work with these massive brands, huge campaigns. Um, everything sort of must be like big and sparkly and yeah. impressive. And actually it's just the tiny little things you do when you're on your own. Mm. If everyone mm. does them, they make a massive difference. Absolutely. I think <coughs> what's very interesting is uh, Lisa and I were just in at the can, as they now call it, Festival of Creativity. I'm actually. so jealous. Oh, yeah. and uh, you were so, there. Yeah, no, I think they forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, they we held the flag. So, <laughs> so uh, I mean, before you get into what you apparently I've never been, but mm. apparently it is 
the biggest party, ongoing party. Yeah, it is. I'm so I, jealous. I'm still tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they forgot I was there because I was cold tucked into bed. I think people have to tap into going to Cannes because yeah. there's the Cannes Film Festival. And <sighs> there's yes. basically, they're making all yeah. these festivals and conferences, any old excuse just to go there and yeah. party. I think well, we have yeah. to climb on that train. Yeah, you're going to go there, aren't oh, you? That's absolutely true. Apparently, there was a porn festival. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> I know. No, no, it doesn't happen anymore. I turned. I looked it up on Wikipedia. Wait, I'm slightly astounded and slightly want to Google whether that's true or not. I I did Google it, and sadly, it was true, but no more. So we're thinking of taking a few extra days, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, checking out what's going on. Look, I don't think it's any any sort of big shock that one of the most beautiful places in the world is where everyone finds an excuse to gather, whether it's for films or advertising, whatever. But what Mm. was really interesting was there was a a real sea change very tangible one while we were there and I think it's reflected in the fact that yeah I mean we talk about parties and yes we did have a lot of fun and we did party hard and whatever but we also worked hard and that spirit of kind of let's go there and it's a crazy excuse for a party seems to have changed mm-hmm. mm. so the grumpy creative people were saying there's too many clients here and <laughs> that's actually quite a good thing because it's gone way beyond what it was which was a sort of advertising film festival to celebrate directors and a bit up itself Mm-hmm. to being this this sort of exco of anything creative and way beyond advertising. I mean, there were social good things there that really, if you had, had to be technical, don't qualify as advertising. In fact, there were products. There were things like... Um, <laughs> You're going to go there as well, aren't you? No, I'm not. You're no, 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 no. You can't stop him because now I want to know. Exactly. You can't just pull that card. Now we play, play a song and I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> we're uncensored here, so you can just speak your mind, Owen. Speak I, your remind mind. Remind me, I'll come back to that one. But why are we sort of semi-serious? There were, there were things like... Um, there was a thing called the... the uh, I think it's called the Non-Impossible Lab, which had created... A way of printing, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, body parts. Yeah, like, but um, the 3D, 3D printing. printing. The 3D. Did you see that? Yeah. I, I have seen uh, stuff in relation to that yeah. where they are. They they printing just, just prosthetic arms and, and yeah. Essentially for <laughs> for landmine victims and and very cost effectively, very very powerfully. <laughs> and they had things like in the case study. They said this is this guy guy's like 15 years old, who kind of inspired the thing. Lost both his arms. And they said this was the first time this guy had actually fed himself. I mean, no, that's astonishing. But yeah, it's not an ad. Crazy. It's a product. Wait, hold up. And this is happening more. in 2014. Yeah. There's a 3D body printer. Yes. What's well, a 3D well, printer? It's a 3D, 3D printer, printer that they figured out a way of making um, mm. prosthetics out of. So Simple prosthetic. Do, I, I'm still kind of on this. Like, I, I'm trying to envision it. Okay. On, on yes. that side, I read an article over the weekend about the Z generation. However, they, they haven't named it yet. The, the, the ones before were the... Min, min, Millennials, I can't say that. Millennials. There we go. <laughs> so we've now headed into the. Have you been in the Savannah fridge? <laughs> not gonna lie. So <laughs> I can't take you seriously with my red lipstick on your cheek. <laughs> oh, is it really? On <laughs> this is what I absolutely love. So Ursula came in and she has this fluorescent red. I wouldn't say fluorescent. Red. It's 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 a hot. ruby red <laughs> lipstick, and I love that she got ultra tray tray comfortable with friends. I'm putting my FaceTime on so I can see this. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just meaning because it just matches your your shirt oh, as well today, Brent. Yeah, and when they start the videoing just now, you're yeah, see it as just well. Just keep it going. <laughs> so Z generation, anybody that is born before or or, or who's sort of 18 and under, and how they um they are not 
changing our future, they are creating it, is what the article said. Basically, mm. these kids are super kids who are making change in the world, not for, to better themselves, but social changes. So a little girl, and it's getting younger and younger, inventors, sort of people that are doing stuff. She'd heard a story about kids in Indonesia who could not study because they didn't have lights and electricity, so they couldn't study at school. At 13 or 14 years old, she created almost like those console jars that do the solar, Mm -hmm. except it it works with body heat. So you could hold a lamp and body heat, it powers the lamp, and then you can study. And that's the change, the the social change that's coming to the world. I'm excited to see where it goes. Mm. Getting off the grid. Yeah. I think what was very evident at Cannes, which was kind of thrown into stark relief, but which we've seen in our clients already, is this move away from CSI or CSR, which was kind of a tick box on your business mm. list, yeah. to actually making giving back a business priority. It's part of your business plan. Mm. And there's a huge move worldwide called social entrepreneurship, which is exactly that, where people are shamelessly making money. That there's nothing to apologize for. Business is business. Mm. Capitalism is capitalism. No one, no one should be apologetic about wanting to make money. Yeah. But by the same token, it it pays, for want of a better word, to actually give back as well. So the give and take thing is huge. Mm. And finally, big corporations are coming around to that way of thinking as well. And at a thing like Cannes, which is kind of a showpiece for, you know, the world's biggest marketers or the world's biggest corporates and businesses and their marketing component, communication component, you had Unilever, Record Benkiza, Procter & Gamble, all standing up and all saying much the same thing, which is basically it's time to give back. It's time. The, it's unsustainable to be working the way business has worked. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's almost like kind of a selfish business prerogative and priority to start giving back. To start, So it's gone beyond sort of, well, we better do something nice on the side because it generates good PR and makes mm-hmm. us look good. So this is actually a genuine part of how we are going to be mm-hmm. a successful business. So you're finding it on small scale, the social entrepreneurs, which are startups, those kind of things, huge in South Africa. But you're finding it on a much, much grander scale as well. And I think that's phenomenal. I think it's mm-hmm. about bloody time, to be honest. It's all about creating value through meaning because, funny enough, 73% of brands, people wouldn't even care if they disappeared. Yeah. Um, and there's only about 20% of brands that make a notable difference to people's lives, which is amazing. And, and because yes. of unmet expectations, um, there's a disconnect that, that basically fills where consumers perceive brands. And there's only about 43% that believe that, that brands, that they can trust brands. Um, and they don't believe that they communi- communicate honestly. So it really is a case of, of showing that mm. you really do believe in giving back to people's lives. Um, and Havas has created something called a Meaningful Brands Index, which is really, it's, it's like a strategic compass as well, where yeah. um, it's a whole three-step analytical process, which looks, investigates stakeholders um, and companies' in environments, and then takes a big creative leap at looking basically where the money crosses with um, with giving back and the it's amazing to see how the companies that score highest the brands that score highest in terms of if you look at the the, the stock exchange the top mm-hmm. 25 companies the brands that score highest in terms of the MBI are the ones that do better from a profitability perspective yeah um, and and brands that score high in terms of of their MBI have 120 percent higher um, market Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. I think it is. And it really does pay. 
you 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 have to give back, whether you're a corporate or an, or an individual. Um, I mean, I've learned my lesson. You change one thing, and literally your whole life changes. Oh yeah, it becomes, and that and that's been consistent always on the show. It's all about the little things mm. that you are creating and giving back and changing that really do. It comes full mm. circle. Mm. That's that's real. That's that's a real um idea. And and for companies, it's so big to do that. And it, like mm. you said, Owen, it's not about the tax write-off or the PR mm. or it's about giving back to the communities. Mm. You win, I win. That's how business works. That's precisely right. And and Ursula will tell you there's um, – we base our kind of marketing communication philosophy on I think called creative business ideas, which is essentially finding a creative way of solving a business problem. Yep. Now we have an equal and – not opposite, but an equal and parallel thing now called social business ideas. And as Ursula put it – I wrote it down here because I know I could put it better than this, but she said it's like doing well plus doing good. And together, those two things are fantastic. We can make that work, and it seems like we actually have to. Otherwise, there ain't going to be a world to work in. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so much hope for the future. We tend to be very negative mm. and think that you know, ten years time, a tsunami's going to wipe us out on another bloody mm. earthquake, and there'll be no more Orkney and blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> and it is God. And the the digital facet of it of it is enormous. You know, the the social media proliferate. Yeah. It's it's really a huge way people now have such an easy way to engage with brands and brands to interact similarly with their consumers. Mm -hmm. And we have to be so disciplined and rigorous about how we behave um, because there is this openness within within everything. So you've got to be transparent and people can sniff out. Totally. I was just about to say on the digital side, when you look at social media, um, you you have to be completely transparent, exactly Mm. what you said. Uh, And... (laughs) You and you've could, got to treat people mm. like people, not like consumers. A hundred percent. Can't get on your soapbox and yell at them. You kind of have to tell them things they want to hear, and they've got to engage with your brand. Yes. Yeah. There's. Yeah. So I I communicate a lot with Kalula on mm. social media, and their social media. I hope they're not one of your clients because no. it's shocking. <laughs> it's <laughs> Kalula is shocking. If my if my flight is late, if something's not yeah. going right. Um, they, they're all about screaming at what's good. Mm. This mm. is us. Look at me. We're funny. We're going to mm. tell you where the exits are and make mm. it really funny. But when you have a problem, they never mm. address it correctly. Correct. And and that's the social media space. It's mm. so difficult. It's so damaging to a brand. Yeah. And FNB. Oh. FNB who had RB Jacobs tell someone, uh, I, I think they tweeted, uh, where's Steve? And one of the RB Jacobs sitting in the little, yeah. in the little room turned around and said, Steve is... Uh, putting, in a bomb putting a bomb oh, on right. someone's wheelchair. Oh, like, can you get any more politically incorrect? Yeah. And although, it was although, by the same token, they they turned it around quite nicely and they said, you know, we made a mistake. It was Brands un- also make I mistakes. don't think he has a job anymore. Though. <laughs> no, I think I think that RB Jacobs is gone. It yeah. was funny to watch because it was three days of onslaught of we are sorry, we are sorry, we are sorry. Yeah. They acknowledged that they had a problem. Uh, uh, did they fix it? I don't no, know. I don't bank. With, I don't me. bank with F and B. So, I think the thing is, I mean, a huge part of what we do is, as you know, build brands, and it's easy to throw that that little phrase around. And what the hell does it actually mean? And to me, it always means equating a thing, a product, with a set of human emotions. Mm-hmm. So, in, in in essence, you're equating a product with a person. Now, people are forgiving of people. No one's perfect. We all know that. We forgive people there you know, their foibles and their mistakes and whatever, as long as they own up to it and they're honest about it. I think we believe the same is true of brands. If you, and mm. I hope this is uncensored radio, but if, if your brand fucks up, 
<laughs> and you admit it and you acknowledge it and say mm-hmm. sorry and we were going to do something meaningful about it. I think people will go with you. And it was a great comes real. Yeah, I think there was a great um, campaign done. I think 2008, 2009 for Domino's Pizza in the states, mm-hmm. where they did research and they were very technically savvy and they had all sorts of apps and cool stuff and whatever. Somewhere along the line, they kind of forgot that it actually was about the pizza and the pizza wasn't tasting so good anymore. So they did a bunch of research groups. That were awful. The results were horrific. We mm. we love your we love your app. We hate your pizza. Exactly. <laughs> we're never going to use the app. Exactly. So, I mean, things came out. It tastes like cardboard. It you know, I mean, bad bad stuff like this. Most of that kind of stuff that would never get beyond those research groups or you know the, the agency who gets fed that stuff, it would never go out into the public domain. Domino's very very bravely took that stuff, put it right in, out into the public domain, mm-hmm. turned it into an advertising campaign. They said, this is what you've told us. We acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. We're sorry. And we're going to reinvent ourselves. And they had, and they, you know, they made films about it. And they put them on YouTube where they create, they got their chefs in and said, you know, well, people telling you your, your pizza's bad. Yeah, Fix well, it. your baby, mm-hmm. your beautiful creation tastes like the box that it comes in tastes better than the pizza itself. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? And they took it incredibly personally and they, you know, they went and they rectified that wrong. And not only did they fix their mistake, but they gained so much public support from it. So mm-hmm. the brand was suddenly, um, you know, far better loved than ever before simply because they owned up to a mistake. And I think if you, if you, you know, put human traits onto a brand, then, then you've got to expect it to be treated like a human. There's a good and a bad side. So, you know, you cock up. But if you do, people are allowed to make mistakes. Somebody once said to me, I had a pencil here, I said, um, it's okay to make mistakes. That's why pencils have erasers. And people are a bit like that as well. You know, it's like, yes, you you bollocks it, but you can fix it. And a brand can do that as long as it owns up. And there's, there's the flip side of the coin, which was who were the guys who totally annihilated the Gulf of Mexico with the oil? Uh, was EP? It EP. Yeah. Who just ran for cover. Mm. You know, okay, it was a huge, but they, I mean, they desperately try to hush it up, do as little as humanly possible, and it just go worse and worse and worse. There, so it can hurt you as well. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stories like that. When Blackberry <laughs> released BBM on, the in, on every other device, when it was going, you could download mm. it on iPhone and all of that. Mm. Um, there was a huge cock up with the, the release dates and their systems crashed and, and they couldn't deal with it. And their, their concept to deal with that problem was literally to stick their, their head in the sand. They just decided to go off social yeah. media. Yeah. And I think that was the, that was the best time to go to, you've got people that are physically interacting with you, treat them as humans and you're human and mm. hey, we did mess up, but give us a couple of hours and we'll get it fixed. They just switched off. People were tweeting them. I actually wrote a blog about it because they didn't tweet for six or seven days where they just decided it's an onslaught. We don't want to deal with it. And they just kept quiet, which doesn't help the situation. No, I've, you're right. They, and oh. I've heard of quite a few of those where you know, they just shut down. Said, oh, we're just going to go into our shell, shut down the social media. No. Doesn't work. Where's, where's BBM so now? Worse, actually. Mm. Can't be sure. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Come on, let's be nice. <laughs> Do you have a BBM then? No, well, I used to be that Blackberry addict and to the point where even when I got my new phone, I downloaded BBM. I realized so why I was a Blackberry addict. It had nothing to do with the Blackberry. It was yeah, that little red... The red light, light that used to flash that in your was, eyes. That was it. Does that get it? It was, was it. it was their best marketing tool, was that, that little was, red light. Yeah. It's, so 
the, I believe, and I'm, I'm not a social media expert, but the whole, the whole way that social media works is by instant gratification. Yeah. So when you see, when you log onto Facebook and it's got a little number there, you actually yeah. get like a little feeling. <laughs> Someone okay, loves okay, me. Because that's, that's <laughs> the first thing you, I do when I log yeah. on you as well. Cl- yeah. You <laughs> click on the button and someone's left you a message or poked you or yeah. wanted to add you. And, and you'll notice that on social yeah. media like Facebook, if it's a game request, that angers you. Yeah. There's a lot of people that go, oh, send yeah. me another Farmville thing and I'm going to lose it because you don't care for that. Yeah. Blackberry had yeah. that with everything. So it was Twitter, yeah. Facebook, messages, phone calls. Yeah. You yeah. always had this red, red, of, li- yeah. the red light of appreciation. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe that's what you should call it. Red exactly. light I didn't know if I could, li- uh, I could live without that red dot. <laughs> In the middle of the in night. In the middle of the night, <laughs> one eye cocked open. <laughs> Does anyone love me? <laughs> this is sounding like a no anonymous support group <laughs> talking about the red light of appreciation. My goodness, people! Oh wow, I love I love the Havas concept, and I love what you guys are doing. And I mean, obviously, you're very in touch with what's happening in the international side, and your methodology. I think it's so so super. Uh, we will be sending you CVs. Mm. They, they will be in the post. Yes. I, I don't know whether we spoke about this on air. No, we didn't. Yes, the Hover's Well, after I said fuck on air, I might be sending you a CV. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lynn. Get comfortable on the couch. You can just stay here. It's fine. I see there's some nice cupcakes. And I just said it again. Yes, I, I heard that you guys have like champagne as people walk in. It's champagne bottles. I, I don't know the story. We, we, have, a culture, we have a culture of celebration. So what it means is... We celebrate whether my it's of, uh, my type of office. whether we win a new piece of business or someone has a baby or yep. someone gets married or someone gets promoted. We just believe in in celebrating successes, whether they're big or small. So That's we like to we we used to have a particular yellow brand, yes, um, that we had a particular pension for, but yeah. we've had we've moved over because we really prefer the Pernod Ricard Mum Champagne. Mm. Shameless punch to my fantastic mm. clients. You, you can get the podcast and edit that nom 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 nom, and can they'll I, be happy. Can I quickly speak of shameless punch? <laughs> Are you going to say hello to your wife? I wasn't, but hi. <laughs> I love you. He was almost in the dog box there. Uh, no, uh, just a couple of quick um, other things that we're doing at the moment. I'm just shamelessly putting go, this out Go for there. it. That's why you're here. Um, the, one of our clients, PPS, or insurance company, support a thing called Saving the Survivors, which is a, a movement by a, a quite a few, a bunch of top vets. There's two vets. Is it two vets? Just two guys. Is it yeah. just the two? Um, who, what, they, what they've basically done is rhinos who have their horns removed get poached, but yeah. don't die. Yeah. They rehabilitate them. Mm. And it's an amazing thing. It was, they actually had a thing on Cot Blanche all about them. It's an incredible thing to do. I mean, it's, it's also had offshoots of they've learned more about the sort of physiology of rhinos than ever Yeah, before. nobody had ever mapped the anatomy of a rhino. Mm. So when they were operating, they went in blind. So these guys raised money to buy the machinery and the wow. programs and the software to map that anatomy. So, and now they're making such a big difference, yeah. fighting the war on poaching from but, a slightly different angle. So we, oh. we, I mean, we do ads for them and we give them our full support, but please, anyone out there is listening, Google Saving the Survivors. It's an astonishing movement and an astonishing thing. The other one, very quickly, is a thing called Shwe Shwe Poppies, which is a movement out of oh, Soweto. Yes, I've, I've seen mm. a few of those. Mm, Essentially what they've done is they, they take child, children's drawings, but like little kids, two, three-year-olds, you know, those sort of naive, almost kind of Quite scary drawing. The ones something. that Sia would still draw today because he's a horrible <laughs> artist. Yeah. ones that I draw. Lisa's an art director. You can draw. I'm your CV's getting longer and longer. <laughs> horrible at drawing. Rocks up to work drunk. Oh, I'm such a perfect employee. But essentially what they do is they, they have um, created dolls 
based on those designs, literal 3D interpretations, cloth dolls made out of those designs. They're the most incredibly charming things. Mm. And it's a it's a fantastic idea, and it provides employment for for um, the people that make them, mm-hmm. the people that distribute them. Um, again, Google Shwe Poppies. I think their site's actually shwe-poppies.co.za, but S-H-W-E-S-H-W-E. I think I saw them yesterday. I was in, in Bramfontein in a little coffee shop there, and they had this box with they, – they're kind of funny dolls. Yeah, they're like rag yeah, dolls. And then they've got they're the kids' name on it. Yes, yeah. yes I did they're see them. Yeah, really Owen cool. Owen won't give me his. I didn't get one. So then I'll, I'll take <laughs> you – Okay, Ursula, I'll give you one. <laughs> Ursh, you and a doll. <laughs> He'll give you one. I'll take you down to Motherland Coffee in Brown Potato. We'll go have some coffee and I'll buy you one. Deal. That's yeah. a date. That sounds, yeah, that's a good bargain. <laughs> oh. So anyway, anyone that's listening out there, saving the survivors, Shwe puppies, worthy causes, jump in. They need all the help they can get. I've just mm. tweeted a link to saving saving the survivors. Mm. Um, I saw on the way back from Dahlstrom, there's a, there's a, garage i don't know if it's a total or there's a garage on the way back and as you pull into it they've got this really really small little game farm it's like a little impala and some antelope and and they have a rhino there and they've got a huge write-up on how they surgically removed the rhino's horn um to stop the poaching obviously this rhino is not in the wild it doesn't need it for anything it's well looked after but they didn't want anyone coming after their rhino so they made an informed decision uh, took it to the vet had the horn removed and the rhino you can see he's happy go lucky like, there's no problems there it's really just it's hair it's is it yeah. yeah it's like the same material as makes up your hair and your nails it's kind of a worthless thing and the the, the irony is if you did it properly, you could probably cut that thing off without actually causing any harm to the rhino. Totally. I've actually but heard that there's a lot of, of that going on where they're removing their horns up look, front. There is that. Yeah. I read over the weekend as well, it's incredibly sad, but the Kruger Park are removing, I think, 550 of their rhino out of the Kruger Park because yeah. they are trying to save them. Uh, 250, or it's like 50% of them are going to a rhino a rehabilitation home where they can be looked mm. after and the other 250 are being sold which I'm not too mm. doesn't sound too kosher yeah. but they are they're removing them out of the well, park well I suppose if they cut their horn off as a safety precaution They'll, for them they can't yeah. defend themselves yeah. against yeah, yeah. the it's, wild animals it's also yeah. that the poachers still track them so they'll kill them anyway to make sure that they're not tracking a hornless rhino what, oh. th- so they would still kill them yeah just so that they don't waste time tracking them Oh, that's um, disgusting. Mm, so, yeah. Okay. It's also just easier to kill it. It doesn't fight back. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a terrible thing. Crazy. Anyway. Good grief. Okay, so that that's the rhinos. I have tweeted a link to saving the survivors. I'm big on the rhino cause. Uh, any Anything animal. I'm pro saving any animal. I'm there. Yeah, there's enough humans. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> let's not go down that road now. <laughs> we aren't trying to start a genocide. But um, Brent did actually volunteer to strip naked for Peter. And he'll do some naked I'm s- I'm there like Who's a bear. Peter? Oh, yeah. Peter's, oh, 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 hold up. <laughs> Peter, P-E-T-A. Peter, do you know this? 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 Oh, this is not working for me. Mm. There's something missing in my soul. And she started mm. volunteering. She wow. did a thing for Peter. She she now uh, left the job. She sold her house. She's like all about the animals, controlling this uh, shelter in the south. And she did a thing for Peter 
where she got naked in Sanson. They oh. they body painted stuff on her and I offered. Shut I was like, next time you got that, yeah. Yeah. let me know. We're yeah. taking like one a for the team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, not one for the team. I've wanted to be naked in public for a while. <laughs> so. I'm sure you've done this before. I, <laughs> like you like that print. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't think I knew you like that. Uh, I, I don't think I want to know you like that. Let's leave it at that as well. But you know what? I, I think... We always sound like we're a cult on our own when we start advocating going out there and helping and going mm-hmm. out there and just being selfless. But for you three, what has it meant? You know, yes, on behalf of your company as well, but what has it meant to go out there and help as many people as you can? I think it makes you feel good. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not completely selfless. When you do good, you feel good. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you inspire somebody else to do a little bit of good and it kind of ripples out from there. I have kids. I want them to be proud of mommy. That's that's huge. Ooh, can we get the <laughs> tissue here now? She put she pulled the mummy card and that got the people going. Aww. You know, I what think, about you? Oh, I think it, we as advertising practitioners are in a very unique situation and also a very unique skill set and talent set, um, which enables us to come up with communication ideas that are powerful. That's what we do for a living. That's what we get paid to do. And, I mean, going back to the can thing, just very briefly, there were a couple of things. First of all, they had Bono get up, and, you know, you can think what you like about Bono. And then I'll, you know things are changing. I'll keep exactly. that to myself. But, um, mm-hmm. The musician who's more famous for charitable work. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yes. yeah, because he can't sing. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, the one thing he said to the kind of gathered masses, he said, you guys are, you guys are the creme de la creme of of the communications industry. You know how to communicate. Mm. That's what you do. Please, if you channel that for good, mm. can you imagine what a difference it would make? That's the one thing. The other thing is they, had a, they have all sorts of presentations, and one of the nicest, the ones I enjoyed the most was a thing called Nice is the New Black. Mm. And essentially it nice was a... Nice is the New Black. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, n- not a race thing. Just <laughs> <a> <laughs> 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 no, did you think the one black person in the room is now like, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I've always, nice I've always been what? nice. What's your... Problem. So, okay, yeah, no. Yes. But, no, what they were saying was that there is a trend towards ni- – there's always been nice, wholesome, honest-to-goodness, unashamedly emotive advertising out oh, there. I get it but now. Okay. it's always been regarded as a bit uncool. Yeah. Suddenly, there's, there's a huge – there's a lot of it, and it is being regarded as cool. Stuff that won awards at Cannes um, this year, I would have said five years ago, would never won anything. Ah, it's cheesy and it's a bit yeah. soft and corny and blah, blah, blah. Suddenly that stuff's resonating. And the presentation was saying, why? Why has it reached this tipping point? And there's a genuine feeling that the world is looking for kind of happy. Mm. Yeah. You know, there's enough and for saving, horror and nastiness and ugliness around and us. And disconnectedness. Yeah, and it's not a head in the wow, sand. Wow, we could thing. really go on saving yeah. and, and, yeah. <laughs> and happiness and disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not an escape thing. It's it's mm. not like oh well, it's a horrible world, so I'll hide in in my TV ad. It's it's let people want to feel good. And to mm. Lisa's point, it does make you feel good. Part of the nicer than you black thing, the very interesting thing for me was they said when you feel good, it releases a chemical in your brain called oxytocin. I kept saying oxycotin, which is a totally <laughs> different thing. But there's this thing called oxytocin, which they described as the trust chemical. And apparently it's the chemical that gets released if you go give somebody a hug. And they actually made everyone in the room, and this is a huge auditorium, all stand up and hug each other. It's just the feel-good drug, or they call it the trust drug. Now, if you see an ad that makes you feel good. laugh, mm. cry, feel good, that's what gets released. And the more of that that gets released, the more you trust in that thing that you're looking at. So the, mm. the better ads can make us feel and communication make us feel, the more predisposed we are to make other people feel that way, and so it goes out. So 
the very, very sort of truncated version of that is us advertising people who are regarded usually as very selfish and very self-centered and whatever, with not without truth, mm-hmm. are also in a very genuine position to change the world. And I think I think it was Steve Jobs or someone who was trying to nick uh, the, the chairman of Pepsi or something to come and work for him. He mm-hmm. said, do you, "What do you want to do? Do you want to sell? Do you want to sell sugar water? Or do you want to change the world?" And I think I'm happy to sell stuff because it pays my bills. But God, I'd love to change the world. That would mm. be awesome. Or just your neighborhood. Mm. Yeah, well, just it, one, yeah, one vegetable garden at a time. Brands ultimately face high expectations now, and two thirds of of people believe that companies, large companies in particular, should be involved in solving social and environmental issues because they've got the capital to do it and they need yep. to be putting their time and investment behind it or people will disconnect from them. And if you look at brands like Amazon, it's one that scores particularly high. If you look at personal well-being as well as um, collective well-being, so what a brand gives to you in terms of your personal meaningfulness of your mm-hmm. life as mm-hmm. well as a collective community thing, um, Amazon, Amazon scores particularly highly with that, as well as marketplace things like fair pricing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's amazing how I could probably ask you right now which brands you would believe would score high on the Meaningful Brand Index, and we would all say the same thing. It's your Googles, it's your um, Nike, it's Unilever, it's P&G. It's mm-hmm. kind of all those brands that have got that feel-good, give-back, and they've yeah. done something either that's kind of carbon – friendly or, or it's just They've done the right stuff yeah stuff. So, it's, so it's and it's not just there was a, a time where brands had to move a little bit away from functional into a more emotional space as Owen was saying earlier to connect with brands which made it aspirational from an emotional perspective but now it's gone a step further it needs to be meaningful as well it needs to actually do something and useful. and have us so the the company name is have us worldwide yes yes so have us worldwide has tapped into that. You're at the forefront yeah. of that, and you're offering your clients those ideas and concepts to put into the communication space. Absolutely. Yeah, and in some amazing. cases, we don't have to try too hard. A lot of clients are coming to us saying they want to do this, and we're more than happy to embrace it. And that just shows the mm. essence of not even as a company or as an employee, but just as a person. You just mm. have this innate feeling to go out and give back or mm. help out wherever you can. You know, it might sound corny, but you do want to change the world for the better, and that mm. just shows. Mm. That is, that's awesome. People, we aren't failures there's and a, we aren't pessimistic. There's okay? an old thing that there's a saying that says, don't tell my mother I'm in advertising. She thinks I'm a piano player and a book. <laughs> 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 we're, we're trying to change that. <laughs> Not yes. that bad. Okay, so you guys definitely need as, as, as much, um, Boosting in that department. Yeah, as, I think we we're, a, we're breaking the stereotype of <laughs> yeah. drugs, rock and roll, and all those fun things that definitely no, don't happen. Instead on a hard work gardening. Instead on a Friday, making vegetable <laughs> gardens and then drinking. <laughs> exactly. That's the plan. It's all. It's we'll all earn our sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> in a nice way. So thank you so much, Owen, Ursula, and Lisa. Thanks you guys for having made us. Our Pleasure. Thank you for having us. What a wonderful conversation. We've given you some oxycodone or oxycodone. Yes, I think you have. I'm still sort of. Stuck on that because you said it gets released when you hug people. Yeah. It's the generosity. 
It's the feel-good drug. It's the thing. Can that, we release that without touching someone else? Uh, he's a germaphobe, yes. so he's got it's a bit a of a germaphobe. It's just a he's a he, ACD. So, no, no, no. So Sia's whole thing is he he he'll hug all of you goodbye. Like, yeah. That, that's we're good. We've had a conversation. I know yeah. you. Exactly. It's all good. But someone random sometimes yeah. will, people come and studio. And I'm, I'm so with you. I Thank can't you. walk out of a bathroom without using an elbow oh, or a I, tissue <laughs> to open it. I can and my kids. Don't do. touch that. Exactly. <laughs> Even if you're in a bakery and they put their hands against the glass <laughs> panel on the camera. Okay, does like does mom get that stuff hands. out? And <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm so with you. <laughs> okay, can I so just use this to punt Dettol hand wash? Your clients will all be so happy. Kills 99% of all known germs. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so that's Owen Ursula and Lisa from Havers Worldwide. Thank you so much for spending Thanks the for morning with us. Guys. Brent, Thank that's you. another show done and dusted. <sighs> another week gone. No, it's the start of the week. That's, oh, we our show is. Yeah, sorry, the start. you got me excited for half a second. Then I remember that I still have to work. So it's. Ugh. I don't call that work. If you look outside of the studio into the presentation lounge, yes. we have it's Jen Sue's birthday, so we got a whole happy birthday, Jen Sue. It's Jen an Sue, we're day, talking hey? to you. It's Jen Sue's birthday, so we got a whole bunch of cake. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Jen. So, now here's the thing. This is the fascinating thing. We have supposedly a soundproof studio, but a few minutes ago, Jen was singing and. We could hear it in yeah. the studio. So that either says, A, we aren't soundproof enough, or B, Jen Su has a range like anybody else. Okay. So Cut through soundproof. Mariah rooms. Carey who, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a really amazing show, and we love Change One Thing Tuesday. I think uh, I'm just going to leave us with the hashtag, which um, is my Change One Thing Tuesday. Yes. Drive responsibly. That's that's what our whole week is about. I've got that really cool screensaver that I've tweeted, I've Facebooked, uh, that just reminds you. It's red. It's called, uh, put. I think it's put your phone down. Thumbs down, yeah. thumb, thumbs up, phones down. And every time you pick up your phone, it will remind you, do not text and drive. It's horrible. Do not oh, yes. do it. Just to keep the conversation going, you can also hashtag sells in cars in partnership with Discovery and Show because they have this ama- amazing app that I won't stop advocating. So it's all about being responsible and being selfless. It's all about the good in the world, isn't it not? It is. And we want to have us back. You guys yes. have to come back. Yeah, it's been amazing. Thank you. So this is quite a morning. Brent, thank you so much. Thanks, yeah. Let's go out there and party on behalf of Jen Sue. And she's coming up with Jen. Oh, Jen Sue's coming up with Jen. Jen Sue's coming up with Jason as well for The Buzz from 11 till 12 right here on cliffcentral.com. But other than that, my name is Sia. My name is Brent. And Sia. Cliffcentral.com.